welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Abel. We had um, a great uh, week away. Uh, last weekend we were with Kingdom Faith in London and that was really great to meet our brothers and sisters in sort of Kingdom Faith world uh, and uh, have the opportunity to bring a word. It was interesting speaking both in London and then in Horsham and I don't suppose any of you would doubt in any way what part at least of the subject would have been if I had been speaking elsewhere. It was the Trinity, just in case any of you have been living in a cupboard. But, <laughs> uh, and so it, it was great to speak about that and it was really interesting watching people hear the message completely fresh and new. Uh, quite a lot of response on, that's changed the way I think about so many things. That's really, you know, it was, it was powerful, uh, whether it was the leaders or whether it was the, the church members. I mean, it was slightly different each time from a different topic. But that whole, particularly the fact that we join in that community, that missional community that is the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and how uh, the energy there is, the power that there is in, in the connection of those relationships, which is love. Because love doesn't exist just within a person. Love must exist in connection with another. Otherwise, it's not love. It's just self-love. And so it was really exciting to share all that and just see you know, revelation and, and people getting excited about it. But I was also excited to see how great it is that God has um, sort of taken us on a journey. Whereas probably now, when I, if I mention the Trinity, for most of us, it's normal. And we've forgotten that actually a lot of the time the Trinity isn't even mentioned in the church. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you this before. I probably have, but there's a, uh, uh, you, you, saw it, you, you see it a lot in the church, in the modern church. Uh, a, a, a thing that I believe is in like the, the, the details of about, of, of about Fountains Abbey over near Ripon, where it says, uh, it's talking about the, the abbot speaking to the monks here every Sunday in the chapter house. And it says, and he and the abbot would speak to the monks every Sunday, expounding on things for the Lord, from the Lord, except on Trinity Sunday, owing to the difficulty of the subject. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's not difficult. It's an explanation. It's who our God is. You know? And when you understand it's about relationship, it makes so much more sense on all the trying to work out why three is one. In fact, you actually start with the three, knowing that the three persons make one God rather than trying to have one God and make three out of it. But anyway, that's not my topic. <laughs> but it's really important that we keep hold of that. Uh, we don't want to park it away as something that, that has been done. You know? uh, the, the, the leaders' conference was great. I, I think Kate and I were both encouraged and inspired, and, and the meetings were, very, were uplifting and drew us into God. And they felt very much like... Uh, the gathering of leaders for God's word to be sent back, to take with you, to continue equipping the church. I mean, you wouldn't have been surprised at anything that was said because we're already in that. You know, we're not talking to one another about what messages we're preaching. But when we start talking about what God is doing, it's the same. It's the same everywhere. Uh, I mean, we've got a little bit of a unique Trinity take on it, but it's still the same thing that's being said everywhere. And uh, I, I want to just share some quick things. I mean, obviously, we were in a lot of meetings, but I want to share some things that were said, plus some additional stuff today, because I think God is then going to ask us to respond to that because of what he's doing right now. Okay? Uh, one thing that was highlighted, and this isn't what I'm speaking on, although it is, I suppose, is that verse that we've got up there on the wall uh, from Luke 11. Yet because of his shameless audacity, he was heard. Do you remember that whole teaching? It's in there in another poster as well. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. And that was so fundamental to everything that was said, that continual breaking of ground to be where God wants us to be. That was so powerfully there. And, of course, we are still building upon that. I mean, the, 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 the fact that as we go into what God's doing now, we now have a prayer room. It's not a coincidence. It's not all that just happened to happen at the same time. It's all part of God continuing to call us to pray. Yes, yes, yes. And we'll talk a little bit about what for, and then we will pray. And we've got, we used the video from Elevation Worship at the conference several times, actually, 
uh, a worship video, and we're going to use that towards the end to enable us to stand together and just begin you to call for the Holy Spirit to fall. Because it's, it's, it's in this spirit of prayer and what God is saying right now, we cannot do it without God. We've got to be moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, if you remember a little while ago, do you remember? We had a special Sunday morning. I hope you were here. If you weren't, just get someone to lay hands on you and ask for that anointing. And we prayed for a, a filling of the Holy Spirit. And we were giving permission for the Holy Spirit to do with us whatever we wanted to do. Because I was aware, I think in some ways, we had restricted through decorum what we would have let the Holy Spirit to do. And it's just like, God, you can do whatever you want with me. If you want to knock me on the floor or make me roll or shout out or dance or, or, or shake or whatever it is, I'm just open to that. I just want you. I just surrender to you. And you might, you might manifest, if you like, nothing. But we just want the Holy Spirit to take control. We surrender our will to his will. Not my will be done, but your will be done. We join with Jesus in the garden saying, it's got to be your will, God. (laughs) Do you know that uh, our conference that we call this, I mean, what a name. What a name, really. But it was called that originally, and it still is called that. Although the theme this year is, do you believe this? I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? And that's going to be key. Do you believe he's the resurrection and the life? Can he completely turn people around from darkness? Can he turn people around from a death situation? Can he bring healing and miracles into a situation? Can he? Can he? Good. Do you believe this? Originally, the very first thing, we talked about it all building up to this, but it was in the sense of... This is the time. Or from Esther, we have been called for such a time as this. And particularly this week for me, just really reaffirmed. Here in this room, everybody sat here. From the youngest to the oldest. And up there and down there or wherever anybody is right now. They are called for such a time as this. It's easy to get caught up in the circumstances of life or the picky things. Is it too hot? Is it too cold? Is it too loud? Is it too quiet? Is it too colorful? Is it too blue? Whatever. It's quite blue. We're very blue. All right. And forget that we are called. We're called. You are called. Some are saying amen. Some are saying hallelujah. And some are sort of looking at me quite bemused. You might be here this morning and you don't even know Jesus as your Lord and Savior yet. But I want to tell you something. He's called you. He's called you by name. Whoever you are. If you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus. Nathan sat on the floor. But Nathan, Jesus has called you by name. Not for some time in the future, but for now. For 10-year-old, 11-year-old, I've forgotten how old you are, Nathan, right now. And the same over all our young people. It's easy for them to feel that they're not part of what we're doing right now. But they're not just part of it. They are it. We are all it. It doesn't matter. So are they. Hallelujah. But we're called. So don't let it go to voicemail. Don't let it go to answer the call. People say, I can't hear God. You're wrong. I know that's a bit blunt, but you are. Because Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. You say, oh, I'm not saved yet. Tough. You can still hear him. Every single person in this room heard Jesus and got saved because they heard him before they were saved. Everybody can hear the voice. But particularly, he promises that my sheep hear my voice. It's just often we don't listen. Or we're not used to listening. Prayer, part of prayer, is cultivating listening to God. Later on today, I predict (laughs) that we will be calling on God and crying out to God for what he's about to do that I haven't really told you about yet. We're going to call on God. We're going to pray. But there's also a time to sit and listen. How do you sit and listen? How do you listen to God? It's so easy. You know, if you say, oh, God, answer me on this. I don't know about you, but even before the clock's gone round once, you've got seven different answers. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then definitely not God. Because you, know, you know, asking God, should I do this? <laughs> it's one of the worst things you can do. Because at that moment, you will get all these different things pop into your mind. Because that's just our minds. You know, we've got to focus on God. So how do, you, how, do you, how do you hear from God? By focusing on God and God alone. And then you find he will speak to you. How do you focus on God and God alone? You, well, one way. There's, there's, there are ways. One way is worship. Use songs that are Jesus-focused, not just singing about how great what God has done for me. There's a place for those. They're good songs. But if you really want to be in a place before God, turn on some worship music, particularly God-focused worship songs. Make your own Spotify list, if you can do that, and just spend some time. And when things start to pop into your mind, initially, drop them. Completely. Just say, no, I'm focusing on Jesus. I'm focusing on Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is on the throne. Ignore everything else. You think, well, I might get a word from God. No, ignore it. Spend time focusing on Jesus for a period of time. And then when you have done that, then you will hear from God. Not just the random thoughts. It's a powerful way. It's what the old people in the days of old, that's how they used the Jesus prayer. You know, one of my favorite ancient prayers from 1,700 years ago, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. The reason they would repeat it is that they would focus entirely on those words and being in the presence of God. And if things would come in whilst they're doing that, they would dismiss it because they knew they were too easily deceived or hearing their own thoughts or worse that they would focus just on Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Remembering that in the Eastern uh, Christianity, mercy is something that's being imparted to you to enable you to live in God. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what, no matter, no matter, no matter, no matter, it's all about Jesus, you can sit there in his presence. Then, when you've done that for a while, and because they didn't, uh, they didn't have clocks and they didn't have that kind of thing available, that's why they used that prayer rope. It was to measure time. That's originally what it comes from. It's not some mystical thing. It's just like, if I keep doing that with the prayer rope, I know how long I've been here. Uh, and, and it just meant they didn't keep thinking, how long have I been doing this? How many, how many have I done now? How, you know, Because that's irrelevant. You don't want to do that. You want to focus just on God. And it's not even, the words are really important, but there's nothing happening in, in words. It's happening because you are saying, I, my whole attention is on you. Seek first God. And then his kingdom. Seek God and then do something about it, in other words. So they focus on God. And you can do that, as I said. Do it with some modern worship songs. If, you know, I'm not saying des- des- do that. Although if you find it hard to listen from God, give it a go. It's really hard work. It takes a lot of practice to get through just doing that for a while until you start to really clearly encounter God. And then you stop, and it's amazing how God can speak. I don't want to actually speak for very long, and I've, I've not got off the first line of my notes. <laughs> I mustn't speak long, because we've got to respond. But this is also key for where God's got us. You are called. The Word says you are called. We read about it a lot long ago in Ephesians. For it is by grace that you've been saved. Fantastic. Through faith, yes, I trusted in God, and he saved me. It's nothing to do with me. Awesome, because I don't know about you, but I can sometimes be a little bit worried that I didn't do it right. You know, am I doing it right? It's not about you. It's about him. You may be an awesome prayer. You may think you're a terrible prayer, but don't worry. It's about him. By grace, you've been saved through faith. Oh, yeah, well, my faith's not very good. Well, it's the gift of God, so your faith is absolutely perfect. You may have not learned to use it brilliantly, You know, it's like someone has given you the latest top generation tablet, you know, and maybe you only use it to watch YouTube videos. Some of you are thinking, what are YouTube videos? I know, but, you know, you're just using it in a basic way, but you've still got it. You just need to discover how to access more of the power that's in that little tablet. Well, faith is far more than some little tablet. Faith won't just enable you. uh, The tablet just enables you to connect to the Internet. The faith enables you to connect to God and to one another. The, the access of faith is infinite. Or, come on, Jesus. 
For it's by grace that you've been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. If we had to do certain things to be saved, you know, pray in a certain way, go to church 62 times a week, whatever, we would end up pride and we would say, I've been to church 63 times. I'm better than you because you've only been 62. But you know what? Dave Baker, he's only been 59. I don't even know if he's saved. (laughs) Yeah, that's what we'd end up in. Nobody can boast. It, uh, about becoming a Christian because of something they've done. It's just a nonsense. There is no such thing. You can't even boast about what you've done since you've been a Christian, since anything you've done has been of him anyway. And if you boast about what you've been doing, well, actually, you're just talking about what you've been doing, and that's a really dangerous route because you're saying, praise me for what I've done. Well, who does that sound like? Dangerous. Don't go there. Hallelujah. So that no one can boast, for we are God's, what are we? Masterpiece. You know, the NIV has handiwork there. It is such a bad word. Handiwork. I associate with basket making or something, don't you? You know, an amateur and bits of stick sticking out all over the place. This is about a work of excellence. And not saying if you are a basket maker that you can't make excellent baskets, but you know what I mean. This is something so much more. A beautiful poem, as you all know. But you are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works for which God prepared in advance for us to do. You have been called because he has got something for you. And in these days, we are going to discover more and more. Do you know what you're calling it? Do you? Some are answering, some are not. It's embarrassing to say no, I suppose, isn't it? Because you know, well, I should have one, I should have one, but I haven't got one. I haven't Just relax. Just relax. Listen. God doesn't call the prepared. A lot of people think they're not called because they're not ready yet. So they dismiss what God has been saying to them because they're not ready. They've not been a Christian long enough. They're not praying enough. They're not doing this enough. Now, why you need to get before God to be fruitful in your calling, it doesn't stop that calling. It doesn't stop that word from God saying, I'm coming to you. God calls you. God, in fact, prepared the good works for you to do even before you were saved. You didn't get saved and the Holy Spirit had an emergency meeting because they weren't expecting that. They already knew, they already knew the things that you were perfect for, the things that you were unique for, the things that only you can do, and they placed you in a body where only you could do them as part of that body and cause God to be glorified. Because everything he gives to us is to glorify God. And you're an essential part of that. Sometimes we don't feel like that. Sometimes we feel like we could just disappear and nobody would notice. That's called sin. Because it's us thinking only about ourselves. Let's listen to the word that says every single person is essential. And if we don't feel essential, we know that it's our feelings that need to come into line. If we don't feel essential because someone else upset us, then we're going to have to work on forgiveness for that person. And forgive them. Or bear with, one, bear with them. Or forget everything about it. Whatever is needed. Because we want to fulfill the call that's on us. So if you don't know your calling, you're still being prepared. But the calling is still real. Listen, you are called. Hallelujah. How do you find out what your calling is? It sounds like something mystical, doesn't it? I suppose in a sense it is, because it's something that's unique from God for you. Well, you go back to what I was saying at the beginning. You focus on Jesus. If you try and, what's my calling, Lord? What's my calling, Lord? What's my calling, Lord? What's my calling? You will have so many answers. You need to give God space to answer you. And he might tell you in all kinds of strange ways that will fit together. Something you see even on television. Something a friend said, but most definitely what God says to you directly and is confirmed by those around you. 
that know you and the leaders that God has given to you. All those things must be in place. Otherwise, we can end up doing our own thing. And if the Holy Spirit had decided to do their own thing, it would have been rather disastrous. But actually, we are made in the image of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So it's no less disastrous, really. We wonder why the church is impaired. It's because so many people are just trying to get something out of it when God has called to us to give in to the work of the kingdom. Seek first God and then seek his kingdom and his righteousness. One thing I must share with you, because it was really exciting and then God spoke to me. Um, This was, um, I've got a couple of stories, but I'm only going to tell one because I haven't got the time. So at the leadership conference, uh, we had a time um, where Clive led us actually to go and pray for uh, a fairly largest group of people from Switzerland. And um, I was fairly near, so I just walked up and started praying for this, this one person. who was uh, She was a Swedish uh, church leader, pastor. And uh, I prayed for her, and then God gave me a prophetic word. And you're thinking, oh, God, this better be right, because it's, you know. There are some prophetic words you think, if this is not right, it's, you're going to, you know, the person might not receive it very well. Um, but I gave this word. And she said to me, oh, that's amazing. That's wonderful. And I know that's from God because I know the anointing on you. And at first I thought, that's not a really good way to think. You know, you need to trust God. And that was what God spoke to me on. She gave a little bit more story. She said, um, you haven't recognized me, have you? And I hadn't. Um, but she said, well, last year, we were at the end of the conference. We were in the sort of cafe area that's the back of, back of, the, of the church building. And she said, and, and you said to me, uh, we need to see you healed before you leave. And she said that I was in terrible pain had been for some time, and she walked with two, walked painfully with two sticks. And she said, and you said this to me. She said, and at the time, I thought, well, that's a bit ridiculous. We're leaving. I've been at a whole conference. She said, but the thing that checked me was I realized that you were part of the leadership, and so I should listen to you. She didn't say any of this. And so I spoke to the pain, and released healing in her. And from my point of view, nothing changed. She said, and I'm not quite sure the circumstances, but it was, I think, as she left the building, it was two minutes later and we were apart and I couldn't see her and she couldn't see me. I was still back in the building. Two minutes later, the pain disappeared from her body. She had absolutely no pain. She got all her movement back and didn't need the sticks. And hasn't done since. She's been fine since. So a normal story of healing, although there was a lovely lukewarm clapping there for one of God's miracles. (laughs) And I, I was reflecting on what God said, and he said, you need to remind the church not to treat you like the people treated Jesus in Nazareth. I'm not Jesus of Nazareth. I'm nothing like it. And then God said something interesting as well that you're going to, I found, yes. But it started with this. This is what they said of Jesus in Nazareth. Isn't this the carpenter's son? His mother's Mary. His brothers are James, Joseph, and Simon, and Judas. And aren't they all his sisters with us? And so it then says, and so Jesus only did a few miracles. (laughs) Only a few. He did not do many miracles there due to their lack of faith. Where did their lack of faith come from? They saw Jesus as the son, the son of Joseph, the son of Mary. They just took him as normal. They were used to him. He was just someone that had grown up there, had been part of them. He was part of the family. And so because of that, they weren't honoring who he was. They weren't honoring the fact that he was anointed and sent by God. That's the important thing. 
You, and with our, with our leaders, you don't honor Paul Abel. You honor the anointing and the fact that he has been sent by God. And why do we do that? We do that because it enables us to have faith that God will move through that person. And it's very easy to forget it. It doesn't mean we're not equal. We are equal. It doesn't mean we can't sit in the pub and have a drink together. It doesn't mean we can't have meals. It doesn't mean we can't be friends. But you're always remembering about leaders being set apart. Now, I'm not trying to build myself up here, and you'll see why in where I'm going in a minute. But let me just give you a couple of scriptures that fit with this. And it's not just me then, of course. It's also Kate, and then it's Brian, and then it's Shona. But... Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. It just says it in the word. Why does it say it? Because you don't want the Jesus in Nazareth effect. It's very easy just to think it's just Paul. He speaks a lot. And I think very few do it. But I think where the difference can be, and it was certainly with this lady, was she expected God to do something because I was a leader in kingdom faith. So she knew that God would have called me and placed an anointing upon me. She knew it wasn't me. She was a mature pastor. But she knew I was called. So she received. And she received this word because she'd been shown the year before the results of prayer. Here's another one. Respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord. Those who admonish you, esteem them very highly in love. So it is an important principle. But then just think for a minute. And this is what I thought, and that's really important. Don't let go of that. For me, my responsibility is to consider others better than myself. That's how it can work. It's not about raising up somebody on a throne or a platform. It's not about having a high up archbishop or a king or something. It's just the way we treat one another. Where, we, where we're absolutely up to in the book of Ephesians, you didn't expect that this morning, did you? The book of Ephesians, where we're up to. The next verse in terms of where we've got to is submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another. In other words, honor each other. Why? Because we are all anointed and we are all called. When the prayer banner's up at the end, if you go there and you want healing to be released in your life or a word from God, remember that the person praying for you, you might know them as that, oh, it's just Richard Hartnell. He just does the money. Or you'll remember, wow, it's Richard Hartnell. He's been called by God to serve the Lord in this place. And he hears God and he will impart from God to me. And even if you then pray for him, he'll have the same attitude. Wow. So-and-so is praying for me. They are called by God to be part of this team. And suddenly, do you see what's happening here? We start to really begin to honor one another, whoever they are, whatever they're doing. Not because of what they do, but because of who God has called them to be. Not because of who they are in their own person, but because of who they are in terms of the anointing of God, who they are now in Christ. We submit to one another. We honor one another. Here's another little one. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. There's the honor. That's why, you, that's why it talks of giving double honor to leaders because we are to be honoring one another anyway. So they may, you might disagree with them, but you have no right to dishonor them. You might think they're wonderful and it's easier to honor them. You might really struggle with them, but the word says, be devoted to one another and honor one another. And you say, well, that's hard. It's supposed to be because it changes us to be more like the Trinitarian community where they are devoted to one another and they honor one another because they don't carry sin. When we struggle in being devoted and honoring one another, it's because of things that God needs to do in us, not because of what they're doing. They've got their own walk with God. They might well need to sort out what they're doing, but that's not our job to judge them and think, oh, we don't need to bother them. God honored you. Jesus honored you before you knew him. He went to the cross. He died for you before you knew him. 
Even while you were in rebellion to him, he said, I honor that person so much. I honor them and who they are and who they will be. I'm going to go to the cross to ensure that we can be together. I wonder what cost we are prepared to pay for one another to ensure that we can be together. Powerful, isn't it? Because at first I thought the Lord was just talking to me about the usual honoring leadership. And then he really said, but it's not just that, it's one another. Because then we will expect to see the miracles in God speaking through one another. Because we know that Suzanne, he is God. We know that she's called of God. We know that she's been called as an essential, lively, dynamic, exciting part of the body of Christ that we are. Because that's what the word says. She might have a bad day when she thinks I'm having nothing to do with that lot anymore. But it doesn't change what God says over her. We all have bad days. I just can't face anybody from church type days. But that doesn't mean the word's not right. Now, why are these things so important? These things coming together with the honor and everything else. What shall we say before we finish? Listen, we were reading it in St. In, in, in Peter. Well, yeah, we do call him that as well, to Peter. His divine power has given us everything we need to live a life that is godly. Let's believe that. Because some of this is challenging and some of this rides over feelings because of situations. But so, first of all, let's remember this. We've already spoken on it, but we can never let go of these things. We have the divine power, we have the faith to pray shamelessly with audacity. Shameless because we know we don't have to be ashamed because we are forgiven and clean in God. That's, he's done that. No matter, sometimes we might feel it, but it's not true. He's dealt with the shame. But also shameless in the sense of audacity, because shameless, audacity means shameless boldness, so... If you really read the NIV correctly, it's the shameless, shameless boldness. The shameless boldness is like the guy, the story that Jesus has told of knocking on the door saying, I need some bread. He's not teaching that God is somebody that doesn't want to get out of bed and answer your prayer. He's teaching us to have that attitude of persistence and of excellence to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going while we live here in this world. Even though things will come up against us that say, I'm not getting out of bed. Or there was a judge to the widow that says, I'm not doing that. Just send the old woman away. And eventually the judge says, just to send her away, I'm going to give her justice. Well, your God is not like the judge and your God is not like the man in bed, but Jesus was teaching to be persistent and not give up because you walk in a world that is dark and yet you are the light, but the light shall overcome. You can't overcome by just thinking it's done. You also have to walk in it. And sometimes the walk goes right through a valley. And we don't want to walk through the valley of darkness or the valley of death. We don't like those things. But that's where we live. That's where we are. But you go through the valley. The Lord taking you through as a shepherd because he never leaves you. And you emerge on the other side. And you might not even still understand what you happened and why you had to go through that. But God does. And sometimes we don't want to, but sometimes we just have to trust that he knows what he's doing. Because we wouldn't be able to even understand it what's going on. So, he's given us everything we need uh, for a godly life who has called us. There it is again. What's he called us for? His glory and his excellence. You are God's glory. Darren here is the glory, he's here to glorify God. God is glorified in him. Because he's called of God. And the, the, the word goodness there means excellence and perfection. Darren, God has called you to excellence and perfection in Christ. Isn't that awesome? It's not just Darren, of course. It's everybody here. 
We're called to an excellence and perfection, not because of our own efforts, but because of who got, what God has done. I mean, we still have to make every effort. Right after this, it says make every effort. But the effort is done in God's grace. That's right, that's right, that's right. And it starts with that, God, I need you. Where God is taking us now, we need to be cultivating time with him. It's going to be really, really hard for us. Because we're going to need that outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is not just what we had in the meeting. That was, that was a precursor to what he's doing. This is a continuous outpouring of the Holy Spirit all the time. Be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's, it, you are taking time just to be aware that you are in the presence of God, which is being filled with the Spirit. Because we are going to be launching into more and more of what God has called us to do. If you think of all the prophetic words that are over us as a people, they're amazing. We can't do them. We need God. And that's why we're going to pray very soon now, with this beginning with this um, video. It's just a video, but let God use it. Join in the singing, we'll stand, and then let's cry out in prayer from it. What are we crying out in prayer for? Well, it's harvest time. If you haven't got that, I've been carefully avoiding saying it the whole time. But it's harvest time. It's time to throw nets out together. This isn't a time of lone fishermen sitting there with a rod, waiting for a bite. This is the time where the team in the boat throw the net out together and they pull the net in together to see the great catch of fish. We're going to be casting the nets out on the other side for the 153 fish. It's time to bring them in. We will be calling to our friends in the other boat to say, come and help. This is too much. In fact, Pastor Golan had a powerful vision and word from God that God was sending harvesting angels upon all the areas of kingdom faith because the harvest is too great and we're going to need angelic help. I've never heard him say anything like that before, ever. He doesn't normally even really talk about angels because he doesn't want people to focus on them. But yes, they're coming, if they're not here already. Many people have seen angels in this place before. But there's a whole new bunch that are here. I don't know what they look like. They're probably big and butch with great big nets. And they are as excited as they could ever be, because they know it's harvest time. It's time to cry out for that harvest. It's a time not to give up. It's a time to pray with a shameless audacity and a boldness that says, God, God, it's time for harvest! (coughs) You know, some some people, we're going to pray so shamelessly that some people who are legalistic would quite rightly say, you can't speak to God like that. Well, the Bible tells you to. Look at the judge. Look at the widow. Look how Jesus taught to pray. He started with the Lord's Prayer and then said, Ask and seek and knock. Pray with a shameless audacity. Hallelujah. And who did he say pray to? Your Father. Remembering that the counterbalance is the time where you are absolutely silent before God because you were just sitting in his presence, in the fear, in the respect, in the reverence of who God is. Because you know you are called for such a time as this. But we are completely, completely, utterly incapable of fulfilling what God has called us to do, except as the Holy Spirit leads us. So if you're feeling this is beyond me, I'm not sure I can cope with this. Good, you're supposed to. If If you're sitting there thinking, this is great, I've got this. You haven't. Let go of that. Realize you haven't got it. We need... God to move amongst us as we call on God for the harvest to come in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Therefore, this is just a little bit further on in 2 Peter. My brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Make every effort, every effort to be those people of excellence and perfection. But not in your strength, but in God's strength. Not in a way that wears you out and tires you out, but a way that equips you and anoints you because you're believing God. But we're going to need the Holy Spirit. 
That's what's coming next. But it's coming next to a people who are willing to cry out to God. And another whole area that I haven't even touched on. But are willing, a people who are willing to live in the holiness or the purity that God has placed us in. There's a time of purity coming upon us. Don't think, oh no, this is going to be a time of freedom. This is going to be a wonderful time of freedom. Where we lose the fear of confessing what we've done in sin to another person. Because we know we are accepted one to another. We should be confessing the very worst of what we've done to people who are close to us. To say, I've really blown it. I was looking at this pornography on the, on, in, on the computer. I don't know what to do. I need your help. And that person accepts them. Because there are men and women here in this room right now. And you're looking at pornography. You're struggling with pornography. You're struggling with lust. You st- there are people that have stolen things. There are people that have said hateful things. There are people caught up in gossip. But it's time to confess them one to another, trust one another, accept one another like Jesus did sitting next to the world so we can be the people God has called us to be where we're free because we know none of us is perfect on our own but we are made perfect in Christ. None of us can do it on our own but filled with the Holy Spirit. We are those people that will change Scarborough, that will change North Yorkshire, that will actually go out around the world as we bring in the harvest. (laughs) And as the harvest comes in, just one last thing to give you, because you, all of us, it's time for us to lead people to the Lord, not just in here, but in our homes and in the streets and in the supermarket and in our jobs. That time is here. Are you willing to embrace it? Are you willing to be part of it? Are you willing to love them completely without preconditions? Are you willing to sit next to the woman at the well? The person you should not go near. The person that would risk your reputation. The people that somebody would wag their finger at you for talking. Because Jesus did not care about what people were talking about. He cared about what the Father was talking about. And he responded to his voice. Are you ready to respond to the voice of the Father? Hallelujah. There's something happening in this room right now. As you lead people to the Lord, tell them to tell others. If you've been saved, the first thing you need to do is tell someone else. Hallelujah. Because it's time for people to know they are loved by God. He loves them, not judges them. He loves them. He's called them into freedom. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Let's stand. Let's use this video as a catalyst. Some people are already well down that road. If you've never cried out to God as loudly as you can, maybe this morning is going to be your morning. If you don't and you can't do that, I'm not condemning you. That's just where you're at. But you could come to a new place of freedom this morning, calling out to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit to come right now, or you haven't been, if you're not calling for the harvest to come in, just momentarily 
Ask the Lord why you're not. See if there's just something you want to deal with before him. Because, not because I want to force you to, but because I want you to live in this freedom. You're not really free not to until you have. Hallelujah. Don't just think it's for other people. The, it, the, the Bible's full of people calling on God. Calling on God. Calling on God. Hallelujah. And then, it, it's good what's happened here so far, but I just sense the Holy Spirit wants to grab hold of people's hearts. On, on Thursday night, when we, when we did this Thursday night, we used the video. We then prayed for the next hour. And uh, when it got to nine o'clock, I thought about finishing it. And I stopped leading the meeting, but it carried on for another half an hour. Just people calling out to God. But why should that be just Thursday night? Why not a church of prayers, a church of intercessors, a church of people that call? It, you may not feel comfortable about it, but that's okay. Sometimes prayer's not comfortable. Sometimes it's not your thing. But there comes something from God. Hallelujah. So I lay it there before you, like a gift right now, saying, this is from God. Would you like to unwrap it? Hallelujah. Now what we will do to help those who are not used to crying out in prayer is... We'll give you some assistance because you don't need bands to do it. That was a catalyst. But we're going to use, we'll use the video again and we'll get our band up there as well. Who will do, play on in the Holy Spirit afterwards. So our band can go up. Hallelujah. They're not, they're just going to follow in whatever they believe God's got. We're just listening to the Holy Spirit. Some of you, that might have been the first time you heard that song, so you've had a chance to hear it, so that this time you can get into it. But Father, I pray right now that as we do this, you touch hearts across this room, that you soften our hearts, Father. What happened on Thursday night, and I'm not saying that's going to happen now, but it's just an example. As hearts soften, people were just crying before God. This is actually a season. Some of you might have found this already at home. You, You wonder why you're crying and weeping more. It's prayer for the harvest. Those that sow in tears reap in joy. So there's going to still be some sowing. But what's happening in the days ahead is it's time for the reapers to overtake the sowers. And we all become reaping of all the seed that is sown. There's so much seed sown. Pastor Judith Butler spoke of how God had been talking to her about kingdom faith. And she'd seen what's called a super bloom. Which is a thing that happens in the desert. And uh, in a desert where there's been no rain, sometimes you get an unnatural amount, or not unnatural, but an unprecedented amount of rain. And the desert blooms into flowers because the seeds were always there. You just couldn't see them. And there's so much seed that we have sown, so many connections that we have sown. And you can't always, we can't see the fullness of what is already sown. But it's time for that rain to fall. It's time for a super bloom. There's one happening right now in California that Judith discovered after getting this word. There's a super bloom happening out there, and Joe Urquhart, who is Clive Urquhart's son, went to the, the field where it was happening, and, or the desert where it's happening, and you can see him standing with his girls in just masses of flowers, and it's a desert. It's time for Scarborough to bloom. Yeah. Hallelujah. In the natural, they're talking about Scarborough in bloom and what competitions we should enter. But I tell you, there's going to be a super bloom. But not of flowers, but of people coming into health, coming into freedom, and coming into salvation. It's time to call on the rains. If you want someone else to call out, there's someone else. Call out for the rain to come. It's time for the desert to spring into life. Hallelujah. It's all there. The seed is sown. There's more seed to be sown. But those tears are also just tears like the rain. They're going to water the seed in the, in the spirit. So don't be frightened if you just begin to cry. Or you, at times either now or even, even in the near future at home. If you feel that weeping of God, just let it flow. Don't think, oh, I don't know what's going on. Am I not well? No, you're well. You're here in the spirit of God. 
It says that the Spirit of God causes us to pray with groans and cries that we don't even understand. Weeping is part of that. You might find yourself just, oh, Jesus. It's a, it's a crying out in God because there is a, you start to identify with how much He loves people who are lost and how much He desires for them to know Jesus died on the cross and is their Lord and Savior. He really wants them to know. And sometimes the heart of God might just call you, oh, hallelujah. And this is for the whole church. Don't be surprised if your children suddenly start crying when they start praying for the lost. Don't be surprised if teenagers even groan out in God. This is for them if they want to step in. It's there for them too. This is not about when they get older. This is the church now. We are all the church now. And it's a, in all of it, it's Holy Spirit come. Because we cannot do this alone. So... Let's queue up one last time with that song. But this time, just see if you can let the Holy Spirit grab you and respond. I mean, you might end up on the floor on your face. You might end up kneeling. It just, just respond to the Holy Spirit. Don't just copy everybody else. But there is a general call going out. Let's cry out to the Lord. Let's run it again. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.